Hello, Chiefs Kingdom. My name is Matt Connor. If I was named George Michael, however, I might say Prince Tega before one no go because I did it. I bought it. Someone, I lost a bet. I don't even remember what the bet was. I had to buy a jersey and I said, I will buy the world's only Prince Tega Winogo jersey. I bought it from some crazy Chinese back alley website for like $15. So good for me on that one too. It took like a year to get it, but today I'm wearing Prince Tega Winokoff jersey. <laughs> I'm here for it. I hope you're here for it. Prince Tega, if you're out there, I'm the only one sporting seven, six in the red and gold but we love you anyway. But who I love more? Sterling Holmes. Sterling, how are you doing? Uh, you good? Yeah. You good? I mean, are you liking this, by the way? Can I ask that directly? Yeah, I love it. Uh, but I will say I'm going to have to have faith to get through this show if we're going to keep with the George Michael puns. Wham! Um, Wham! <laughs> Uh, I will say we need to get Prince Tega Winogo on the show, okay? Because you are the only dude in KC, the only dude maybe ever outside of him himself or maybe his parents to rock that jersey. That's special. You got to hang that up, bad boy. Dude, jitterbug on this guy. I feel the freedom <laughs> to do it. I don't have a father figure telling me how to do this. I just, that's all the George Michael songs I know. Anyway, folks, if you're listening, if you're hanging with us, you're not here for our intense George Michael uh, discography knowledge. You're here for what little we know about the Chiefs, uh, but we're always so glad you're hanging out with us. A lot to talk about. We had the rebound game, and then now we've got some get-right games coming up, which we're going to talk all about. Not in terms of preview, but what do we need to get right? Uh, so we'll get into some of our biggest concerns, some things we're hopeful about, some of the latest news, and all of that. But first, my man Sterling does it best. Guys, you guys want to bet. We know it. We want to give you the best betting offers. And guess what? We have the best betting offers. So Chiefs fans, DraftKings has upped their sign-up offer to kick off football season. New users can place a $5 first bet to instantly claim 200 bucks in bonus bets, plus up to 150 back in bonus bets if your team loses. All you have to do is sign up with our code ARROWHEAD. Using our code ARROWHEAD not only gets you these great bonuses, but it also directly supports our podcasts. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use the code ARROWHEAD to maximize your first bets. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. Don't want to be a downer. Don't like, let me hear me say that. Don't want to be a downer. Can't stop on- Debbie Downer. <laughs> I, you know, no one wants to be a downer. Like the Chiefs won this week. The defense is looking at sensational. We trust the, the, you know, the, the, here's the thing. The unit that's bad has a Hall of Fame coach, a Hall of Fame quarterback, a Hall of Fame tight end. Not really any worries about that, even though it's the place you worry about. So no one's being really down. However, let's say this. You know, as we're looking at the Chicago Bears, Chicago Bears are coming to town. I would never want to see a real life bear advancing toward me. But looking at these bears, I'm happy to see them coming at us. So that being the case, I thought, you know what? We've wrung out the wash rag of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We've tore that game apart. It's Tuesday. Let's look ahead. And Sterling, I wanted to get with you if the Chiefs are going to get something right, if 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 this is a get right game. I'm I'm wondering for you, what do you want to see them get right the most? Yeah, uh, very quickly, just since you mentioned that let's not be a downer, let, let, let's do some positives really quickly. And I want to say the Chiefs aren't the Bills where ever since Brian Dayball left, Josh Allen has reverted to his rookie season version of himself where he's a absolute turnover master. It's actually impressive. Like I'm thoroughly impressed with Josh Allen's ability to just turn the rock over to make it look like he dropped acid and decided to play football. I mean, kudos to that man, okay? Uh, Aaron Rodgers, who was the focal point all offseason long, going to the Jets. The Jets now a Super Bowl contender. He's out for the year. I feel for him. But again, doesn't change the Jets' outlooks 
Zach Wilson is not that dude. You look at the Cleveland Browns, great roster, but Deshaun Watson looks like he is completely washed, making a, a case of who is actually worse in, in these large contract debacles, him, Kyler Murray, or Russell Wilson. And then you have Joe Burrow. They are now 0-2, not the way you want to start off. Joe Burrow also now questionable for week three after re-aggravating his calf injury. And oh yeah, how about the AFC West rival Chargers who continue to do what the Chargers do best? Yeah, score 58 points. Guess what? They're 0-2. All is good here in Chiefs Kingdom. Let's put some, some perspective into this. The Chiefs are going to be okay. Teams start off slow, and quite frankly, the Chiefs don't have a lot of lingering issues like those other teams I just mentioned do. Now, into what I think the Chiefs can improve on, and for me, the single biggest issue is wide receiver separation, okay? I really wanted to say the Chiefs' offensive line, specifically the tackles, but my thought process is they haven't been that bad outside of penalties, which I get it is an oxymoron because that's a big part of being an offensive lineman. Hey, don't hold. But I think they're going to get it figured out. The wide receivers I have a little bit more concern for because Mahomes has had a lot of time in the pocket, and he's actually left pockets early pockets that are clean because he's trying to get out of the pocket to try and see if he can make something happen trying to find an angle because receivers aren't getting separation and they aren't getting open so in my perspective wide receivers in the separation notice i didn't say drops i think the drops will will figure themselves out i am not completely worried about that it's the separation for me that is my biggest concern who do you see, you know, because when I see Tony out there, Tony, look, Kadarius Tony is clearly the most dynamic weapon that they have, but a lot of his looks are generated for him, right? As, and and I know he can also create some separation, but do you think this current lot of guys who are getting, you'd say the ones reps, right? Are they going to f- solve this problem? Because look, look, Sky Moore, like if we were banging any drum after the draft about sky Moore, it was separate the separation drum again and again and again like this guy can separate we're not seeing it we're not seeing it at the next level although he had a much better game and i'm not i'm not in any way trying to down the guy like a lot of people would they would say man we blew it george pickens should have whatever but sunk cost it is a sunk cost my brother so yeah I, i guess i just wonder do you think we'll see better separation with greater experience or do we need to like flip some of these guys getting the ones and let justin ross maybe some others get get that chance i I do think it's been yes some with experience for one he's not a rookie but Kadarius tony as i see john johnson says it's not just separation uh you know reading defensive coverages and that comes with experience you you see Kadarius tony and this goes back to the detroit lions game he was in a soft spot of the zone actually wide open he found it and then started to drift into jack campbell's lane jack campbell made a very nice play right that diving play but that should have never been a play he could have made because Kadarius Tony was right there. He got a little antsy. I, and I do think it comes just with experience. Juju Smith-Schuster is not the most athletic guy, right? We know that he's not the this athletic freak that Kadarius Tony is, but he was a smart player, right? He was smart in how he gained separation. He was smart in finding the weak spots of the defense. A lot of that does come just with experience. They don't ever trust MVS to do that because MVS hasn't done that throughout his career. He was a long ball guy. To an extent, same with Justin Watson. We are all hoping Sky Moore becomes the next Juju Smith-Schuster. Maybe it's Rasheed Rice, but I think it's just going to come with time. I'm not going to panic yet. Andy Reid is the best offensive mind in the NFL. Mahomes will work with these wide receivers as the season progresses. To be quite honest with you i'm i'm feeling the chiefs are in a very good spot all of the question marks outside of the offensive line all the question marks of the defense well those have been answered for me yeah. i give the chiefs offense the benefit of the doubt they will figure this thing out so for me give the wide receivers time let's not panic but again the biggest concern so far has been i would say just the lack of experience showing itself i'm with you i would say i guess i would file your complaint within my complaint overall and that I would say the biggest concern for me has been what I would call seasonal readiness. And, you know, what's interesting is that I know it's different for different positions. I know it is. But when you see the secondary, you see day three guys ready to go in week one. Legereus Sneed, Shamari Connor, anyone they seem to throw back there seems to be ready to go to do what's necessary. 
on this entire offense, it feels like did the Chiefs need another two or three preseason games to figure it out? We made a huge deal about these guys worked out with Mahomes all offseason. And all I'm thinking is, do they need another offseason together before we like like apparently it wasn't long enough. Apparently they need like a Camp Mahomes TV show where they're staying in the same yurt and maybe hanging out together, having like <laughs> shaman and spiritual thing, you know, events. I don't know how to build this kind of connection. And maybe what we're looking at is um, like, we're so used to Mahomes having that kind of connection with Kelsey and then maybe some others. And then like, when you don't have that on the field, it just looks like, Oh my gosh. Like, is this what normal kind of clumsy connection looks like until it's built? But I don't think it's that I, for some reason, for some reason, and I'm going to, I'm going to throw this on the coaches. I don't know if it's the enemy leaving. I don't know if it's, learning how to ingratiate Matt Nagy back into the room after he's been a head coach. I don't know if it's some of the newer guys like Connor Embry and those who've never really played. They just like, they're like, they just keep going next coach up. And then you're like, uh, all right. You used to like get Andy Reid's dinner four years ago and now you're the wide receiver coach. Sure. I guess you're the next coach up, whatever. Right. I don't know how much these guys know or don't know, but here's what I'm saying. I've never seen this offense come into a season where everyone's looking at each other like, was that the right route I was supposed to run? Why did we just bump into each other? Why did he totally overthrow me? Why is Travis Kelsey yelling at that guy? Why does Mahomes look so frustrated over here? Why can't we get any separation? Who's running the right place? Why are we calling cutesy plays on short yardage again and again? Why is Clyde Edwards-Elair getting the first two touches of the entire season? There's a whole thing here, and I'm and I'm filing under, I'm filing it under like one giant complaint of we were not ready for the season to start on offense, and it cost us the first game. And I don't know that we were quite ready for last week, but our defense kicks ass. I'm not worried about the Bears. The Jets are limping in. That's fine. So I'm looking at the coaching staff in this offense going. You got two weeks. You got two more weeks with subpar opponents that you can't get your shit together. But if you don't, even as the AFC is not quite as like formidable as it looks, like you just mentioned, I still don't think the Chiefs can get away with this for the long term. I trust that experience will get it done, but that doesn't mean it's not a concern for me to get right. Yeah. And what's interesting is, and I'm seeing the chat as well, you know, people have been reluctant to say it, angry, drunken German, I'm with you. Mahomes hasn't been his best. I mean, quite frankly, Mahomes has missed some open guys. Uh, you know, I, I know I've been harping on separation and, and just not drifting in zone coverage. I don't know if it's Mahomes not trusting some guys as much as other guys, but yeah, you've seen Mahomes make some errant throws throwing into double and triple coverage a little more than you would like to see. Again, Mahomes doing that still throws for 305, two touchdowns and a pick. It's still a great game. But the point is, you're right. Mahomes has seemed to be a little off in regards to what he has done with his wide receivers. Who's to blame? Now, I typically like to think Mahomes is probably the guy getting it right. Right. I like to believe sure. it's the MVP, yeah. the Super Bowl champion. I, I believe he's probably in the right more times than not. But again, there has been a little bit of a disconnect. We will see this work itself out as the season goes on. We're so used to seeing the defense be the, the unit that all of a sudden halfway through the years takes this step forward. Well, yeah. Maybe it's this year with the offense, with all these new pieces, two new tackles, um, you know, new wide receivers, Noah Gray to an extent, not new, but getting a lot larger role. Even with Travis Kelsey back, I know they said he wasn't going to be on a snap count. He sure enough seemed like he was on a snap count, but still played over half the snaps. Noah Gray might just be a bigger part of the, the equation as well. We'll see. It's Mahomes getting right with everyone. And again, you mentioned Matt Nagy is back in the fold. Uh, Eric Bieniemy, the the I don't know what we would call him the glue, the the constant. He's now gone, right? I mean, there's a whole bunch of moving pieces. Let's let this offense have some time. They deserve the benefit here. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. I want to I want to I want to say one. I was going to say one quick thing, but now I don't remember what it was. Doesn't matter because we got a sweet super chat in from Shane Falco. Totally, uh, totally appreciate that. By the way, Shane, and appreciate you uh, supporting and even listening, hanging out with the show. Our wide receiver group is extremely deep, but what good do five wide receivers do? They can't all be out there at once. The staff needs to ID the correct hierarchy at wide receiver and give them snaps accordingly. 
I could not agree more. I could not agree more, which is why I was even saying it just looks like we needed a couple more preseason games, especially in that first game. We were rotating guys in so much. It was like it was like tryouts. It was like, all right, next guy's in. We'll look at you real fast. Next guy's in. I Yeah, I, it was odd to me. What do you think of that, by the way? Yeah, Shane, first off, thank you. But I think you brought up such a great point here. And I actually brought this up on Stacking the Box on Fansided. I uh, did this today with Ian uh, McMillan. The point I was actually was with Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford is very good at this. He's done it throughout his entire career. Now, yes, two of the guys he's, he's gone to has been Calvin Johnson and Cooper Cup. But to an extent, Cooper Cup wasn't who Cooper Cup was until Matt Stafford, uh, Matt Stafford said, you know what? I like this guy. He's going to be my first look on every single play. Now, slight hyperbole, not every single play, but he really focuses in on one guy. No Cooper Cup. Who's he find? One guy from the fifth round at a BYU, a wide receiver, and what's he done? Oh, yeah, on page for 2,000 yards receiving. I mean, it's just a guy, right? Yeah. I mean, j- just a dude. Fifth round wide receiver, but Matt Stafford has that connection with him. He, he's he's worked with that guy. He he's already found. Hey, I know how where he's going to be. I know how he's going to get open. And I think Mahomes and this coaching staff needs to do a little bit of that. It might hurt some feelings, but you can't have five guys just rotating snaps like that. You can't get into a rhythm. You can't get into any sort of flow. Yeah. I'm not saying just do what Matt Stafford does and focus in on one guy entirely. But it's worked for him throughout his career. Mahomes is a little different. He likes to spread the ball around. But when you don't have a legit wide receiver one, maybe try and force your way to having a guy that you trust. Yeah. And and look, I'll say this. I don't want to make it too psychological, but I think we've dismissed something that's really important here. Last year, when the Chiefs lost or traded away Tyreek Hill and then won a Super Bowl, we were real quick to take that loss and put it on a shelf as things that did not matter and did not affect this team. Oh, we lost Tyreek. We won a Super Bowl. He's doing fine. Everyone's good. Forget it. And so it's over with and done as a talking point. But when you also lost Travis Kelsey in the first game, I think what you began to see there was over the course of a year and change, the peeling away of the familiar layers for Mahomes like an onion. So you lose this layer. Then you lose the next layer. You lose Marcus Kemp, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle. You lose Eric Bieniemy. You lose the familiar voices in the room. You lose Chad Henney, for that matter, by the way. You lose Shane Bouchelle, for that matter, by the way. It's even just one new guy behind Mahomes. That's so much new stuff, in a way. And I'm not saying, you know, it's, it's not a huge deal. We'll get over it. But in all of that sort of loss, I think all of those losses – add up to something that is now affecting what's going on with the Chiefs. And so I'm not saying like, oh, now the Tyreek thing has come back to haunt him. It's not that. It's just that you can only lose so much before you start looking around and going, man, I'm I'm really starting from nothing here. And that means the growing pains that we're watching in these first couple of first couple of weeks. So I think the losses are compounding on themselves at this point. Yeah. What I find fascinating, and I wonder if this was a actual focal point and an actual aspect the Chiefs went into this upcoming or this past offseason. I kept saying there's multiple ways to help to help Mahomes out. Okay. Everyone kept saying give him a legitimate wide receiver one to help Mahomes out. And my pushback was that's great and all, but Mahomes can make everyone better, right? You know who he can't make better? The defense. Well, what have we seen from the defense this year? We've seen a top 10, what statistically been about top five, top three defense in the NFL this year, right? They've been outstanding. And my point here is they've spent so much draft capital, so much focus on the defensive side of the ball. You know, two first rounders on the defensive ends, right? Uh, Multiple, three straight second rounders, Willie Gay Jr., Nick Bolton, and Leo Chanel at linebacker. You know, a first rounder with Trent McDuffie. I, I just wonder if they have tried to make such a focal point of defense that they understood there's going to be some growing pains on offense. But now the Chiefs don't have to score 35-plus points a game to win. Now if you score 21, you have a legit possibility of winning that game. They did it in New England for a long time. Now, I understand. Tom Brady had Randy Moss for a little bit. Wes Welker, Wes Welker and Julian Edelman were good wide receivers. But no one's confusing those guys for Calvin Johnson, right? They weren't Andre Johnson for, for the Texans. It wasn't a legit, like, top-of-the-line wide receiver. What it was was Tom Brady made those guys better. Because they had a great defense, Tom Brady wasn't forced to put up 35 points a game to win. That's how you can help elite quarterbacks as well. 
don't take the pressure off or take the pressure off by having a solid defense. I wonder if this was a focal point, a change in heart of the Chiefs uh, from this past offseason. Could be. It could be. I think you're right. I think um, I think you're also right about the draft disparity. That's going to be interesting to me to see over time. Also, when you draft, you have to hit. You have to. I mean, when you when you pick a first round running back and then T. Higgins is the next guy to go, that makes a big difference in what you could have done offensively had you made a different call there, right? You, same thing. The jury's still out on Sky Moore, not saying that, not saying Rasheed Rice this round, uh, the, this year in the second round, not saying he's going to be or not be something. But I'm saying as time matures and we look back on these draft classes, if you're not making many picks on that side of the bowl, like you're saying, those picks have to hit. Yeah. So I, I think you're totally right there. Yeah. It, it's just fascinating to see the changes in the Chiefs because they've been so good drafting almost every single spot. The Chiefs have been really good drafting almost everywhere. Uh, even the talk about they couldn't draft even on the defensive line has started to shift with George Karloftis and at least the early returns of FAU. Now, Wide receiver, though, that still remains to be seen. They have not drafted a legit top-of-the-line wide receiver, even a wide receiver, too, in the Brett Veach era. Um, I mean, you have McCole Hardman, who was solid, but he came and get playing time in New York with the Jets. Uh, I mean, Sky Moore's been pretty good, but jury's still out, as you mentioned. Rasheed Rice, way too early to tell. Yeah. But, but again, it's just the Chiefs have had issues with wide receiver. They almost just need to draft a whole bunch of at other positions in trade. Just say, okay, we can't get it. Whatever we're going to do, we'll draft the other guy. Because that, that's his, that has been the uh, one issue for Kansas City in the draft. Yeah, yeah. Normally, you and I don't you – know, Tuesdays are, are a typical day for power rankings. All around the NFL, everyone's like, here's our power rankings, here's our power rankings, here's our power rankings. I, we, you and I never talk about this. But the Chiefs are at an interesting point to me where they're one and one. We lost a very close game to the Lions. You know, the defense really helps us win in Jacksonville. The AFC is all topsy-turvy. We never brought this up, but today seemed like probably the best day ever to talk about this because I wanted to know from you where you would put a team like the Chiefs with some of the lumps that we've talked about, yet also the promise. Where would they go for you if you were to, like, rank them today? That's a really good question. That's a, that's, it's, a, it's a tough one because if, if you were to ask who is the best team in the NFL, I would say the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Sure. I think if you were to ask me who is the best team, I think it's still the Chiefs. I, I don't think there's much comparison. You look around at the other top teams, other top teams right now are the Eagles, who have a legit case, the 49ers, who yep. have a legit case, but it's Brock Purdy at quarterback, and it's the Cowboys who – you know, history shows Dak Prescott ain't that dude and the Cowboys typically collapse. I mean, wouldn't you say those four teams? Miami. I would say Miami's the other team that you make the case for. You know, how do you want to do this? Is power rankings what you've done through two weeks or is it a case of who's the best team? Because if it's th- who's the best team, it's the Chiefs. If it's what you've done through two weeks, you're probably going with Miami or, or the Cowboys. It's our show, our rules. I, you know, however you want to do it. I guess I was just interested in how you would rate the Chiefs, you know, at this point against what you're seeing so far in the NFL landscape. Yeah, J- just for me with the Chiefs defense, that was my concern heading into this year, and those questions have been squashed. Um, the Chiefs offense, I think we knew was going to take a little bit of time. I don't think we thought it was going to be this rough, but I kept telling folks, you know. Donovan Smith's good left tackle. I think he reverts back to what he was in 2021 with the Buccaneers. But I said the penalties will still be an issue. So far, that's pretty much what we've seen. Yeah. Uh, Juwan Taylor, I had question marks when he was brought here, right? Who was the guy that kept saying we was brought here? That's a large contract. He better be Lane Johnson. He's trying to be Lane Johnson. And again, it's too early. I'm not saying he's a bust. But I'm saying that was a lot of money to give a right tackle. I had questions then. I have questions now, right? Um, I think he figures it out, but... These penalties are pretty concerning. I just knew the Chiefs' offense was going to take time. I just didn't know it was going to be like this. So in the grand scheme of things, I'm not as concerned, I think, as a lot of people might be. Yeah, yeah. If your greatest concern is wide receiver, by the way, the best news you have is the trade deadline. Because if anyone gets traded in the NFL, it's decent wide receivers for pennies on the dollar. Yeah. I mean, 
you can get, you know, new Hopkins was available for whatever. You know, I mean, if you, if you need a pick me up, of course, that's what the Chiefs did last year with Kadarius Tony. But in other words, if you're going to have to trade for someone, that's not the worst position to have to fill via trade. Um, I think for me, I'd still put the Chiefs in the top three, although I would want to give respect to some of those NFC teams. I love the Miami offense. I'm not a believer in that team in terms of like deep postseason run contender. I'm just not. I, yeah. There are bells and whistles there, but in terms of depth, in terms of coaching acumen, and, and let's not forget, playoff football is way more physical and tough. I mean, like there's just something about, and I don't, I'm not sure I trust Miami who run a sexy Lamborghini all season to really have that other side to that vehicle to, to, to play that kind of football when it counts. Whereas I'm watching the chiefs defense right now going, Holy hell, you were built for a postseason run. Like I, like I can't wait to see these three levels of the defense play in the postseason. Holy it's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, the Chiefs defense, I think, is a separator here. Although I will say Miami's defense has been much improved, at least on paper, what it was last year. It was just atrocious last year. Miami spent a uh, a lot of money trying to revamp that defense. We'll see how it plays out for them. But I got to give a lot of credit to Tua Valoa. I don't think Tua is the most talented quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he's a top five talent quarterback in the NFL, but he's a very smart quarterback. Obviously, health will always be the concern with Tua Tagovailoa, but he does a great job of getting the ball to his receivers to make to allow those guys to make plays, right? He gets the ball out maybe the fastest of anyone in the entire NFL. Get yep. it to Waddle, get it to Hill. I know you're not asking him to do a ton, but it's because he doesn't need it to do a ton. That is a good team, man. I, I, I'm, I'm believing if Deion Sanders were to ask me, do you believe? I would say, I believe in the Miami Dolphins. Okay. I don't think they're better than the Chiefs, but I think that they are a better team than I originally thought heading into this year. Love it. Love it. Let me ask you this. We're talking about these get right games. The fact that the Bears are coming, that the Jets are coming. Do you think that's a good thing at this point? Like, is this kind of perfect timing? Or is this like, I don't know that I want the Chiefs to like face kind of the, the softies of the schedule. Cause we may, it may not actually be a good barometer of what, you know, like, would you rather be facing like the Chargers or, or I mean, I know the Chargers are 0 and 2, so maybe they're a softy too, but you know, I, I don't know. I, you know, like the schedule's turning much softer than I thought it would basically on the front end. And I wonder if we think this is a good thing or, or, or is it going to maybe be a little deceptive? I love it, man. I, this is great timing. It's going to allow the offensive line to get right. It's going to allow Mahomes and their wide receivers to get right. Uh, the defensive line should be licking their chops going up against the Bears and the Jets, two of the worst offensive lines in football. Well, I wouldn't even say the Bears' offensive line is that bad. Field just holds the ball forever, uh, which also compounds that issue. No, I, I think this comes at a very good time for Kansas City. I know the Bears and the Jets both have – well, Jets have an elite de- uh, defense. The Bears on paper were supposed to be above average. So far, we have not seen that from Chicago. But again, this hopefully is a chance for the Chiefs wide receivers and Mahomes to get on the same page. Jawan Taylor to hopefully line up uh, you know, in the right spot, not uh, five yards back, which, come on, like you get a warning. I was talking to Kendall Gaiman yesterday about this, and he goes, almost guaranteed. Jawan Taylor got a a notice or two from the from the uh, from the refs just saying, hey, come on, now you got to move it up. You can't be that far back. They typically try and warn the offensive linemen when they're too far back, so that way they have an opportunity. It's like a it's like a you know when you a cop pulls you over instead of giving you a ticket, it gives you a warning. A little yeah. like what refs do to offensive linemen sometimes when they're too far back. Sure, he still kept doing it, and so the ref had to eventually say, all right, dude, come on. Can't do that. I gave you I gave you a heads up. So yeah. I think it's a little interesting. So I hope Juwan Taylor can get right. He needs to go up against the Bears. He needs to go up against the Jets because that's going to be an issue going for uh, going forward. We're we're talking to we're talking about the Chiefs. We're talking about these get right games coming up. I have a big question for you that I think is going to be interesting for us to talk about. But I realize halfway through our show here, I have to make a little bit of a it's not a confession. I need to make an apology. I guess I was so down on this defensive line, especially this defensive interior. In fact, I think I said without Chris Jones, this might be the NFL's worst defensive interior, right? And then we named names and went through it and we were just scratching our head and 
or maybe I won't say we, I will say I, because I don't want to include you in my, uh, you know, rants, whatever we call these things, you know, like I, I was just, I was so perplexed at what I perceived to be a lack of talent behind Chris Jones and ill planned for, you know, that, it, that, that the holdout did what it did. And then it, it went as far as it did. And then the chiefs looked as unprepared as they did. Then when the game started to be played and you, I'd love for you to riff off this and then even tell me how dumb I was, whatever. Right. I just feel like I owe an apology to whoever listens or Brett Veach. If you're out there, Derek Naughty, if you're out there, whatever. First of all, Derek Naughty is playing the best football I've seen him play. Derek freaking Naughty, Derek dog catcher and dog giver Naughty is playing better football than I've seen him play in a couple years. I mean, maybe since his first like second year or something like that. He like there's something motivated there. And it's a beautiful thing to see. But look, man, it wasn't too long ago that we were like biting our nails and hoping Danny Shelton was going to be something for this team. Then Turk Wharton stepped up and has looked solid and has not been plagued by like sitting out reps due to to the injury. Derek Naughty stepped up. By the way, Mike Dana has stepped inside and looked sensational in a contract year. Like you mentioned, FAU, Felix Anudike Uzoma was getting some nice pressures. George Karloftis, look, on on Sunday, Leo Chanel was lining up doing some situational pass rushing, and everyone was like wetting their pants, going, Death Row's here, Death Row is here. Uh, you know, I, this team suddenly has many guys who can play up front. The interior was actually okay without Chris Jones. With Chris Jones, it looks like a firing squad, no matter who you want to put across from him. I am so stoked for the way this line has made the leap. So I just want to put my hand over my Winogo-covered heart and say, Joe Cullen, I have dreams about you at night. Steve Spagnolo, you are you're also in those dreams. I don't know. Sterling's making faces at me and now I'm wanting to kind of and now I'm kind of wanting to go off. But no, you know what? They're going to get Charles O'Menehue back as several of our commenters are saying. This unit's only going to get deeper. They're looking good for the long term with these young guys also in house. Holy hell did I not know what I was saying when I said they were not going to show up like they have. I it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. I was wrong, and I've never been so glad to be wrong. Yeah, Joe Cullen's now getting the treatment of maybe we should give him the benefit of the doubt. No matter who he has, he's going to find a way to make it work. You're right. Derek Naughty is back. And I saw, I think it was Adam Steele says in here, you know, Naughty is playing like Saunders. Yeah, Derek Naughty. I mean, he had a nice bat, uh, bat down as well. Derek Naughty looks like, you're right, back to the way he was. We'll see Charles Minahu back after six weeks. That's going to be a huge boost as far as getting after the quarterback from the inside as well. I, I mean, Karloftis already looks like he's taking that next step forward again. I know it's two games. Maybe we're overreacting a little bit, but it's the only sample size we have to go off. Uh, go off of. It's not a sophomore slump. It's a sophomore progression. Uh, I'm a huge fan of this. Um, you're right, man. The, the Chiefs' D-line has been outstanding. Leo Chanel, finally. Daniel Harms, good friend of the show as well. Daniel Harms and I, we've talked about this how many times? Harms and myself kept saying when he was a rookie, I can't wait to see Leo line up as a pass rusher. We didn't see it. We finally saw it last week. Only a few seasons, only a few games he's played, right? We just took some time. But again, I'm excited because the versatility, again, the versatility of this Chiefs defense, to me, is making Spags and Joe Cullen very, very excited. I love it. I love it. I don't know what he'll add when he gets here, but it will be a minute huge when he does. Uh, yeah, that said, um, don't want to be, don't want to be a downer again, but, uh, I had someone ask this question earlier today. I was reading something and it was, it was asking who was the worst starter on the chiefs right now. And I was like, well, that's kind of a frowny face question if you want to go there, but it's an interesting one. And I thought I'd bring that to the show and ask you, who would you call the worst starter for the chiefs on offense and on defense? That is a really good question. Oh, I guess what we've seen through two weeks, I would say Juwan Taylor might be the worst starter that we've seen through two weeks, right? I don't expect that to continue. 
Good question. Wide receiver? A wide receiver? Do you want to say Kadarius for the drops? But he only played 16 snaps that first game. Yeah. You know, the wide receivers, Justin Watson and MVS, have both been fine. They've been who they are throughout their career. I don't want to say those guys. You know, Sky Moore had a really bad week one and then a pretty solid week two. I think Jawan Taylor might be my answer, at least what we've seen through the first two weeks. Yeah, I would I would say Taylor, and I think that's fine. I think that's totally fine. But what about the defensive side? Because even there, the worst is still playing well. It's not like an insult. But like, who would you say is the weakest link of that bunch? Mm. Uh, I see Chris says Richie James. Sorry, Sterling. Yeah, yeah, Richie James hasn't been good. Uh, he's not been good. Oh, boy. Man, making me look like an idiot. Uh, he doesn't need me to do that, but come on. <laughs> I wouldn't count him as a starter, so that's why I didn't put old boy Richie in there. If it's special teams, then yeah, I'll go. I'll go Richie James. Um, defense, I don't know. I don't think it's anyone at corner. Corners have been outstanding. I don't yep. think it's anyone at linebacker. Linebackers have been outstanding. Yep. I don't think it's anyone on the defensive line. They've been really, really good. That means it's going to be someone in the safety group, but they've been solid as well. I, I almost want to say Justin Reed because he had one bad half. He had a bad half against Detroit. And then he was great second half and good last week against the Jags. No one's been bad defensively. I don't know how yeah. I pick a, a, a poor defensive player. Yeah, I, I guess I would probably still say defensive tackle. I mean, I, I'd probably still go Naughty, except that Naughty has elevated his game. So I just apologize to Naughty, and then I threw him under the bus again. What what what's going on here? I I just it's still the lowest ceiling I think on defense. Sure, but yeah, I mean, look, the whole unit deserves so much credit. Uh, it was just an interesting question to me. I, w- I wondered how you would, I wondered how you would answer that, and, m- and maybe what the Chiefs might do about it. But yeah, I, I mean, it's a great problem to have. I mean, the defense, everyone's been really, really good. Everyone stepped up. Ever, Trent McDuffie looks like a legit All Pro corner. Like yeah. y- you know, you have Sauce Gardner with, with the Jets. You have Christian Gonzalez again, two game sample size, but dude, Christian G- Gonzalez for the Patriots looks, dude. Incredible. Yeah, I mean, if you, I, I get it. You don't want to watch the Patriots, but they've been on TV, and I, I, I've seen both their games. And Gonzalez just looks unreal. I mean, he looks better than Sauce Gardner did last year. But then you look at Trent McDuffie, and he was injured, missed a good chunk of last year, had to get his legs back underneath him. But then you look at him this year; he's taking that step forward to looking like an All Pro. Yeah, he has been locked down and a great tackler. I got. I, Want to give a lot of credit to Spags again. I think Spags has done a phenomenal job. Joe Cullen does the entire defense, man, because they really have this unit firing against two really, really good offenses. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm looking at some of these. Uh, I'm looking at some of our commenters. Angry Drunken German says Sneed has probably been our worst defender. I'm sure that's temporary, but true for now. Yeah. Mm, sleeper pick. Lucas, man, we've got a couple here saying Sneed. Uh, Lucas says sleeper pick Sneed has been very bad so far. Um, Greg Spence says, is it time for a position or a role switch for Sneed? Um, so we got a few entries there for Sneed. We got a couple for Justin Reed, Willie Gay. Yeah, got a few here. And then a couple Richie James mentions just because you're on the show. But uh, yeah, he's going to figure it out, guys. He's going to figure it out. Don't worry. Richie James is going to figure it out. Now, here's a guy. <laughs> Now here's a guy. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, what let's let's talk Richie James just real fast here. Uh you know, I mean, you were high, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you were high on him. I don't think it's bad for you to be high on him. A ton of people were, were high on him. And when he came in, Brett Veach himself said he's a guy we've explored bringing in for more than just this year. So it, you know, like if you want to hang your hat on agreeing with Brett Veach, that's not the worst thing in the world. So my concern. You have seven wide receivers. Can any of them return the football? Like, like, what are we constructing here? What's going on? Why, like, why are there these issues? And why do we still have the same issues as last year? Like, what, like, what are we doing with returns in general? Uh, yeah, I, I don't have a major, major concern with Richie James going forward in the return game. That Jaguars game, I. I you got to make the catch. I get all that stuff. Like you were paid to make those plays. That's your job. Okay. I'm not trying to make excuses necessarily for Richie James, but you could tell he was underneath it. The sun shining through in Duval. He was yeah. looking for the here. 
hit him right here in the shoulder, but he's lost. It's like in baseball when an outfielder just drops the ball. You look like an absolute goof. Doesn't mean you're a bad fielder all the time. I mean, if you kept doing it, you would. Doesn't mean you're a horrible fielder. Just means you lost it. He just lost it that one time. I don't expect that. He's never had issues catching the rock. Um, as far as a receiver, I, I don't think it's going to bite him going forward as a returner. It wasn't good because that's your that's your one role to, to see in the field so far, and he he messed up once, but I wouldn't count on that going forward. Yeah, you got to keep giving it to James. That's what he's there for, and if not, then he has no place on this roster. Correct. So I think it's either he gets better and does what he was here to do, or we're looking at a roster spot that's open. I, I mean, I think that's what uh, you have to do. I'm with you, but again, my, my thing was it wasn't a boneheaded play, right? It wasn't like he had it in the sure. whole way and dropped it. It was sure. a he lost it in the sun. It wasn't a situation like in the, was it the Steelers game last night? Went on a kickoff. I think Pacheco actually did this once before last year. He caught it by keeping your toes in bound when the ball is going out of bounds. So instead of getting on the 40, you get it on the 10. Like it wasn't one of those just mental lapses. It was a, Hey, I legit lost the ball in the sun. I think it's going to be okay. Your only other options at receiver, at least are Justin Watson, who the chiefs basically say he's just going to fair catch it, which again, I've always been okay with that's fine with me. Uh, And then the second one is Kadarius Tony, where I just don't know if you want him back there based on the previous injury concerns. So then that basically leaves, Richie James. The only other option during training camp at OTAs was Amir Smith-Marset. And as you saw, he was actually doing the returning last uh, – the other day, uh, he was the punt returner for, for – where did he go again? Was it Carolina? Carolina. Yeah, he was, he, was, he was receiving punts for Carolina. But he's in Carolina, not in Kansas City. So I think it's Richie James still. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to get to the must list here in just a second. But, Sterling, I want to play just a very, very quick round of buy or sell. Okay? I'm going to say a phrase – and you tell me whether you're buying or selling this. Due to the Chiefs' slow offensive start, one that may continue, do you think that this early going is likely going to handicap Patrick Mahomes from being in the MVP conversation too heavily? Or is it too tough? Is it too early to call that? Yeah, I'm selling way too early to tell that. I think Tua Tagovailoa right now would be my front runner for MVP. Tua has been outstanding down there in Miami, but they also don't ask of Tua what the Chiefs have currently asked of Mahomes. But at the end of the day, that does not necessarily get thrown into MVP voters. It's what have you done? A lot of times, it's what's your record? Let's be yeah. real now. The record obviously plays a huge role. I think it's way too early, man. Through two games, Tua's injury concerns are still there for me. You know, last year, Jalen Hurts was the MVP front runner, and then he got injured and Mahomes took it and never looked back. You know what happens? So I think it's way too early to tell. Okay. Given his injury, his early, like four catches, 29 yards through two games, and the fact that he has a bone bruise even now to still to still deal with, do you think this may be the year that, that the consecutive season streak with 1,000 plus yards is over for Kelsey? You're buying or selling that? Yeah, I'm selling completely, man. Um, they'll find a way to figure it out. He, he is still the most talented tight end in the NFL. What I will say is, do I ever think he's going to be 100% again? I don't know. I mean, we see it with tight ends, with players. They get an injury at this age, and they're constantly fighting to get to 90 they're, tr- they're constantly fine to get back to just 90%, right? It's just constantly nagging, nagging, nagging. I mean, you saw it with, it feels like George Kittle every single year is missing games just from injuries, right? You can't get back to 100%. Gronkowski, that's why he retired. But those two guys also were tasked to do a lot more physicality aspects of the game than Travis Kelsey is. It's not a knock against Travis Kelsey. To me, this is a, a positive to what Andy Reid does. He, he finds a way to use Kelsey in the best role possible, and a lot of times that does keep him healthy. But, but again, as Adam says, you can't replicate the trust between him and Mahomes. Whenever a play breaks down, it's going Travis Kelsey's way. I firmly believe that Kelsey still goes over 1,000 yards this year. The 17th game helps it as well. Let's be real now. Uh, I would probably still say over 1,016. Uh, I guess it would be 15 games, right? But it yeah. doesn't matter. I, I still think Kelsey gets over a K. Okay. Buy or sell, Chris Jones matches last year's sack total given how motivated he has to be this season, which is 15 and a half, by the way. I'm going to sell. I think Chris Jones is motivated. I think he's going to be getting close to that number, but I do think he is going to open up a lot for Karloftis, Dana, whoever else to pick up the slack. I'm not saying Chris Jones takes a step back as far as his um, impact on the game. 
but 15 and a half sacks is a ton for an interior defensive lineman. That is, that's absurd. I mean, he's going to be getting double team time and time again. I know he got one and a half last week. I get all that. And he's going to have a chance to really stack those numbers against the Jets and the Bears. Come on now. If he gets to six or five, you know, he gets two a game against those two, I wouldn't be shocked. But I do think he's going to be one of those situations where defense or offensive lines are so focused on him. You're going to see Karloftis, FAU, Mike Dana, and the rest get their fair share. Yeah. Nick Bolton, buy or sell. Nick Bolton will make his first Pro Bowl in 2023. First Pro Bowl, Nick Bolton, 20. I'm buying. Okay. I'll buy this. Okay. Man, that's a good question. I don't know if the name recognition is there, though, for the rest of the NFL, and that's the issue. Okay. You know, you're so used to seeing just in general. I know NFC, too, but, you know, the two linebackers for for Tampa Bay, uh, obviously. Like Levante David. Levante David. Evan White. Uh, Evan White, Roquan uh, Smith. I mean, you go around, the Ravens always have a guy. I mean, Patrick Queen's been really good. Uh, I'm not saying Patrick Queen's getting over Nick Bolton, but I'm just saying in general, th- there are a lot of really good linebackers. Matt Milano for Buffalo, I think, is just incredible. Yeah. I don't know if the name recognition is there. He's going to have to lead the NFL in tackles, I think, in which I, I do think he's a legit possibility, a legit chance of doing that. Sure. But if teams keep throwing against the Chiefs, those opportunities dwindle. Okay. Then one more for you. Uh, on the same track, Trent McDuffie making his first Pro Bowl in 2023 by herself. How many cornerbacks make it? Four? Um, yeah. Is it four? It's not many. I mean, you got Sauce. Who's you got make Sauce it. is a lock. Yeah. And I think right now, in two games, I'm I'm fully in on Christian Gonzalez. Dude, like, I, I could not be in more. When he fell to the Patriots, I said, oh, bleep, there we go. Yeah, Bill has his guy. Bill has that. He feels like a Patriot. There, there, there's prime Gilmore down there, okay? There, there's a prime dude. Uh, yeah. Name recognition might hurt McDuffie as well because until the Chiefs defense consistently does stuff like this, you're still going to see uh, cornerbacks who might not be as good but who are flashier making it. Again, it's a popularity contest. You know, Trayvon Diggs for Dallas was – you know, burnt time and time again. But what happened? He got a lot of interceptions his rookie season. So everyone's like, oh, yeah, Trayvon Diggs. Well, he must be elite. He wasn't great yeah. last year. He wasn't that good last year. But because of his rookie season, everyone's like, oh, yeah, just throw him in there. I think that's the issue. Until McDuffie makes one, it's difficult to make that first. Once you make one, it's easier to make time and time again. I'm going to sell this one, but I think he deserves it. Okay. Well played. Well played. Well, let's go on to our must list, folks. If you've been hanging out with us, one, let me say this. Just thank you. Thank you for ever hanging out with us, listening to us, being uh, being a part of um, – there's a lot of places you can go for great Chiefs coverage, honestly. There's there's so many great places these days covering the Chiefs, We've and we're friends with all of them. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun to see what KC is uh, – like KC Sports Network is doing, or Arab Pride, or like Charles Goldman, and now he just went to A to Z Sports, or Daniel Harms and Ryan Tracy, all those guys. I mean, we you know, it, it's so much good stuff. But we so appreciate you guys also hanging out with us. Uh, letting us be a part of it. So um, if you are up for supporting us, give this a thumbs up, give us a like, review us in your favorite podcast app, whatever it is. Um, But yeah, our buddy Richard is feeling a little bit under the weather, but he just said, let me in. So we were going to leave him out because he's feeling a little on the down low. But if you love Richard, give him a shout. He's uh, Richard. Why don't you come on in, my man? He didn't say let him in. He said let me rip. Let me rip. <laughs> he he wants to he wants to rip. He wants to mayonnaise. That's how he wants to do it. So um, Richard, why don't you just lead? I just said the word nene, so now I feel like I need to never. You got to you got to do it. Do the nene. Do it. No, I can't you do, do it. it. All right. Wanogo well, doesn't nene. But um, yeah, I'll say. Yeah, let's start with you, Richard. Where like. First of all, you feeling a little bit better? I'm feeling and, better. Yeah. Okay. What's your must list for this week besides like Sudafed? Uh, I think maybe maybe you two guys know. I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna say if you have a chance in your life, you're at a festival and you see Insane Clown Posse on the set list. <laughs> my must list is go see Insane Clown Posse. I'm not a fan. I mean, I, I respect their music and I definitely respect their fans. But check them out. Yeah, Juggalos are cool people. They're very nice and they throw a fun show. And there's a lot of Fago being thrown around into the audience. Um, it's a yummy drink. So, yeah, I just want to do a quick must list. Check out Insane Clown Posse live if you ever get a chance. Uh, is it, it Fago like cola? Or is it yeah, like yeah. I mean, they they, or... it's, they had Diet Fago. They had 
like I, I swear they could have had 200, 200 two liter bottles out there just on stage. And they had these little clowns just shaking them up. And then, you know, maybe they dump half of it before they would chuck it into the audience. Like, you know, like, cause you know, you don't want to hit somebody with a full two liter bottle of, of anything. So yeah, they they were chucking them and I caught one like a champ right in the, right in the chest. Like I caught half a, half a two liter of soda to myself. And, and I felt bad cause people were like, are you going to take that? And I went, hell no. And I just started drinking it right there on the spot. So that was uh it was a, it was an awesome experience to see ICP. So check out ICP if you ever get a chance. Man. Yeah. Nice. Love it. Dude, Casey DC. Thank you so much for the super chat. Really do appreciate that. And I got a question. What kind of dog is this? This is a Cavapoo. It's my dog, Bailey. It's a Cavaline King Charles and a poodle mixed. He's a, uh, a very soft little guy. Wait, what'd you call him? A, a Cavapoo. Cavaline King Charles and a poodle mixed. Now look at that yawn. Look at that big yawn right there. It's a cute dog. But what Very was horrible. the first dog breed you mentioned? A king? A Cavalier King Charles. What is that? It's one of those dogs with those big old ears. Oh. I don't know. My fiance. I've never heard of that. He's really cute. He's really soft. I love this little guy. His name's oh, Bailey. That is cute. Bailey. Yeah. Yeah, good love dude. It. Uh, I'll go with uh, Snortin' Whiskey. Drinking Cocaine by Pat Travers. That song's been stuck in my head. I know it's just a song, not an album, but what a great song. I know, Matt Connor, that's probably your theme, isn't it? What'd you say? What was it again? Snorting Whiskey and Drinking Cocaine by I'm Pat still Travers. Stuck on a, I'm still stuck on a King Charles mackerel, whatever you said earlier. Snorting, snorting, snorting Charles. Richard's laughing back there. You know that song, don't you? I, I don't know. I heard the first half and I was like, man, Sterling's recommending this today. All right. But uh, no, I've never heard of it. It crushes, doesn't it? I've never heard it. I'm going to check it out. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll check it. That's why we do this. That's why we do this. Yeah, exactly. there we go. Dude. All right. By the way, who was that? Pat Travers? Pat Travers, baby. Pat Travers. All right. Uh, for my must list, I just rewatched 12 Monkeys. Have you guys seen this movie? It's a good movie. It's a good like, Terry Gilliam like, film. Yeah, man, I love Terry Gilliam's always got these like silly, like kind of playful and weird or yeah, I, I like him. And uh, you know, it's Brad Pitt, it's uh it's uh, Bruce Willis and it's uh like part of my mid 90s like you know, I I loved all those kind of movies when they when they came out. And uh, so I just rewatched it. It's it's still a good watch. So yeah, I love it. But anyway, um I don't know. I'm recommending 30 year old movies. That's that's where I'm at in my life and my interaction with pop culture. So have you yeah. seen this new movie? It's the sixth sense. It just came out. <laughs> I, know. I, I don't know what's going on. You won't on. believe the twist in this one. Dude, dude. Yeah, it's uh something like that. Anyway, folks, if you've uh if you've been hanging with us, thank you so much for hanging with us for not when no going anywhere, but for sticking around. On behalf of Richard, our sick but still hanging in there producer, Sterling, the King Charles Pooh loving dog man, and myself, uh, folks, we, lo- we love it, y'all. Give us a thumbs up if you can, and uh, thanks for always hanging out. Uh, but until next time, we'll be back later this week with all kinds of great content. Uh, I think Patrick says, like, go Chiefs, but it's always like a weekday, and like, why would they go anywhere that day? So I'm not saying that. So, of course, we want the Chiefs to, yes, go, 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 but not on a Tuesday. Winogo. Winogo Chiefs. We'll see you. I'm sorry.